What are we talking about today? You know, uh, that that's a really great question. Um, I think I was up at 245, burdened for our body. Mm. Um, like that's just, that's what I was doing up. Yeah. And I went to bed um, last night, burdened for, burdened for our body. I don't know. Do you, does that happen to you? <laughs> Do you does that happen to you? Um, and how, like, I would just like to have a conversation about waking up at two forty three in the morning. Yeah. I don't know. What does that look like for you? Is is that's really what I would like to talk about? And it probably looks a lot. I'm guessing a lot, but a lot like what it looks like for you. I mean, really, what are we doing? And on one hand, we preach, obviously, you know, worry is sinful, it's broken, you know, and yet we're prone to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, Brian looks mm-hmm. a lot like you. I, I have two sides of it. Like, on the one side, the one side is me, I mean, honestly, griping and complaining when people aren't doing things the way I think they should be doing them. That's not right. That's that's wrong. Um, why aren't people more engaged? Why are, you know, why is it that I have to beg people to do these things and so you worry like is what's going on there what's their family life like what's what are they not bringing what are they not baptizing in a sense you know in their life welcome to two pastors talk podcast two pastors talk podcast is a collaboration between father james bozeman an orthodox priest serving at saint james orthodox church in beaufort south carolina and me I'm John Mulholland. I'm the lead pastor at Westway Christian Church in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. Jamie and I have been friends since meeting at Tacoa Falls College in August of 1988. We like talking about theology, church life, music, and a whole host of other topics. We'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast and would appreciate your feedback. Thanks for listening. And today's topic, um, as you heard kind of in that little intro, was, was what, what keeps pastors awake at night? Um, I just had a, I just had one of those warnings of 2.43 a.m. waking up and being, feeling burdened for things in the body. So we're going to talk through that a little bit today um, as we have our conversation about what, how do we maybe pastorally lead in the midst of that? And what, what does that look like um, in relation to like what our, what our roles are as ter- in terms of like preaching and teaching and all of that kind of stuff? Um, and I, I like this topic because it's it's like we've talked about other things. Um, this is our fourth. So we've made it to four podcasts, which 49% don't make it to four. Yes. <laughs> we made it to four. <laughs> and I think I think we've talked probably more, I don't know, like we've seen more how the sausage is made, maybe yeah. a little yeah. bit more details of of, yep. of church, of like details of church life. But we haven't had one of these conversations. So um, so today we're going to just going to talk about what, what wakes us up at night. And I, there were, I mean, there were, there were so many things that you said that I, I, I really felt drawn to. So, um, so last night, in fact, my, my waking up at two forty three was not like that happens frequently. Mm. I want to say probably, probably once a month, um, where that happens. And that was it wasn't like out of the blue it was something that had been building 
um, really probably over the over the previous 24, 24 hours of of just things. Um, and in 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 the intro, and I don't know if it's going to make it in the intro, you talked about, you know, um, like seeing what things that people post on Facebook. Yeah, uh, you brought up people coming coming to church, quote unquote, late. So, like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you were reading my Facebook post, uh-uh. um, and and that was kind of where that stemmed from. But, um, from yeah, so I just think, um, I'll tell you what happened to me last night, and then, um, so we had we had this topic. Uh, I posted something. It's always on. So I posted something on social media about uh, about coming to church late, and I had some thoughts and questions about it. Uh, there were some people that responded. And right. I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I'd had a couple other, like I'd had a couple other conversations. I I talked with Anne quite a bit last night and I, I went to bed, honestly, feeling a lot of tension and, and I didn't know what to do with it. And, and something, something I really appreciated that you said a few minutes ago was, was how griping and complaining about it is sinful. Yeah. And you, and you brought up the concept of, of like, I have to trust God with this. Mm. And, and honestly, I think that's why I was able to fall asleep last yeah. night because I, I kind of came to that conclusion of ultimately this is, this is not something that's my responsibility. Um, I, we can't make people do the things that, that we would like for them to do. And, and I fell asleep and then I woke up at two forty three and there, like it was just it was roaring yeah and and i think i had processed through the unhealthy part right of it but i was still awake mm-hmm. so so honestly what i did was i i went out into our living room and i i do something i rarely do um i i i, I wrote and finished my sermon uh for, yeah. for this coming sunday <laughs> good job um and not coincidentally, we're we're talk, actually talking about the importance of a gathering right. this week. So it was just it was kind of an interesting, like it was an interesting thing of not working really hard to not write my sermon from a place of like anger, yep, and bitterness. Um, in fact, I, I asked our elders earlier this week. I asked them to pray. That I would that I would that I would write and teach then preach from a guarded heart and an encouraging tongue. Um, but yeah, like just that that griping and complaining, I recognize it as sinful. I acknowledge that I gave that trust over to God, but then I still woke up at two forty three about it. Yeah. So what is? I don't know what what of that what if that kind of resonates with you? Like what, what is your rhythm in the midst of that? Well, I think two things. Cause I, I feel, I feel similarly. Like I always, there's a, I don't have my prayer book in front of me, but there's a, there's a prayer. So before I go to liturgy on Sunday morning, there are prayers that I'm, I'm ob- obliged to pray to help prepare me to go mm-hmm. serve the liturgy. So I always appreciate that. I get up early and and I pray, I talk to God. I mean, so prayer books are meant to help us to teach to God, just to talk to God, but they give us a shape to start with. And one of them is a prayer for, particularly for preaching, because mm-hmm. I I don't like doing it. I don't, I just, I struggle out of fear. And that's the one side of the thing. So for me, some of this is, 
it's personal. It's like, I, I don't want to mess mm-hmm. up, you know, that's dumb. I mean, this is in God's hands. So that's, that's not good. So that prayer is helpful to remind me of, you know, this is where this is coming from. But um, I think one of the things that I always think about that I personally just pray before I leave, you know, I go in here, I'm actually, my, I come to my office, I have a corner back there where I've got my Bible and I stand there and do my prayers. And um, one of the things I generally, it's funny, I have to laugh at myself because I, because I'll get, I mean, sermons in the Orthodox setting are so much shorter. I mean, there's probably less preparation or maybe it's just all preparation all the time. Mm, yeah. So you just have this sort of focus, but I always pray, dear Lord, please help me not to grind my, my own ax today when I'm mm. preaching, help me to preach to myself, you know, mm. help me, help me to hear mm. the thing I need to hear so that that way I'm hearing it. I can transfer that to the people. So I, I, you know, there have been Sundays, not not tons of them, but there have been Sundays, much like what you're going, you went through, where I, where I was really anxious about what I had to preach. There was one Sunday I can remember, probably a couple of years, two three years ago, where I, I really had to say something directly to the people. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just convinced it was like something we needed to hear, and I don't even remember what it was. And I, I, we start our service, we start into the service, we sing certain hymns. We read the epistle and the gospel reading that they're called for for that day. And then I preach to sort of, you know, to talk about the gospel reading. And I didn't grind an ax, but I, I mean, I was like, I, I said what needed to be said. And I, mm-hmm. I felt like you feel the way to that. You know, it's hard to say it's so much nicer just to say nice things. Jesus loves you. You know, of course, that's actually a really tough thing to say because you just got to live up to it. And then I got done with the sermon. We continue on with our service and we finish up with the Eucharist and then we're done. And when we're done with that service, I remember that Sunday, I just, I had my vestments on. So I, I divested and I went straight to my office, which I never do. I bless the food. We have a meal afterwards. So I, I bless the food. And then I went right to my office and I kind of just sort of uncon, like totally unconsciously was hiding in my office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a parishioner come in and say, I really appreciated what you had to say today. Cause I was just, I, I just felt like people, and no one was angry. I think everyone received it properly. I think the church was, I think the point, I hope the point was that, that I didn't grind my ax. I said what I had to say. It was, it was mm-hmm. a frustration of mine, but in the sense that I want something more for my people, but I don't like to have to say the hard stuff. And then, you know, and then I, I figured people would be upset because, you know, you've had it happen. I've had it happen. Yeah. Um, so but, I, I like that you said, like you said, this is, this is personal. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I feel one of the things I, one of the tensions I feel and I know, I know a lot of it is, I know a lot of it is just in the way like that I just kind of present myself. Sure. Um, but man, yeah, like this is, like this is personal. Well, like you're a th- part of the church. I mean, you're a part of this. Group, yeah. So it's gonna be, it's got to be. Yeah. And it's, and it's out of the things that, one of the things that I wish I knew how to convey better, and maybe it's just in saying it. Like, like I love our church body. Mm. I love you. Yep. And what 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 you're hearing is what you're hearing is not it's not anger in the way that maybe you think it is. Yeah. Yep. Golly, I just like that. Yeah, you know, it's it's personal. I, I think and maybe and maybe part of this conversation is like, what do we wish? like maybe 
our church bodies would understand mm -hmm. in those, in those moments. Like when I say I wake up at two 43, cause I'm all, yeah. <laughs> I'm, all, yeah. I'm, all yeah. I'm all jacked up. <laughs> like it's because it's because this is personal Yeah, because I love our body. It's because I, I, I know far too much about what's going on in the lives of people and am concerned for them, like absolutely like shipwrecking their lives. And I can just, yeah. man, it's like, it's like, it's, it's, it's Titanic. You know, you see, you see the iceberg. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the king of the like, world. Look, can, can, can't you see that? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had, I've had, I mean, I've, I'm, I've got some older priests and it's funny talking to them. Like you'll never meet a more, um, it sounds really bad. You'll almost never meet a more callous pastor than an Orthodox <laughs> priest because, and I've always been kind of amazed. And I say callous in the best sense, like they've really done the work. Their hands are worn, you know, they can, they, they're protected from the work, but they can do the work. They've got a good subtlety for what they're doing, but they kind of know where to say, you know, I've, I mean, I've had to say this. I've had advice given to me. I've had parishioners where, and, and I, I don't like to say this ever, but I've had to say to them, maybe I'm not the right person for mm. you. Maybe you need somebody different than me. You know, maybe you, you this isn't a good fit for you, uh, this church or me as a pastor. And and sometimes actually that helps correct things. Like they'll realize, well, maybe this is just, this is just yeah. a person. Like you said, like you're saying, you're making a point of saying this. It's not, we as pastors, we're a part of the flock, you know, but we are also on some level taken out and put into a position by God for the sake of those people, but that doesn't, it doesn't actually raise us up. It actually puts us underneath the lift up people. So, so naturally the weight is going to be heavier. Um, and I, I would, I do wonder, I wonder like you, like I wonder sometimes I genuinely wonder, and I'm about, I, I guess I'm probably looking for sympathy, but I don't really need it. Is that, do people understand that? Do they, you know, and I think if they understood that more and when they do understand it, and I think they do, um, there's a greater appreciation for not just for us as pastors, but for the church and its function, you know, and to see yeah. like, like this is a body. Yeah. I, one of the things that's been on my, it's been on my mind for a while and I've been more thinking about it lately is just the way that our, like the way that I, like as humans, our individual sinfulness impacts and affects every like oh, everything yeah. around us. Oh yeah. You know, if I um if I engage like for instance, if I if I were to engage in some sort of what I maybe a private sin, which I know there and I'm using heavy quotes on yeah. that. Gotcha. Is there in the, like if I were to engage in a private sin throughout the week, like I would be as as the pastor, like I would be robbing, I would be robbing lots of things. I'd be robbing from our church body, I'd be robbing robbing from my wife, I'd be robbing from my kids. And I, and I like what you said, like we are, we are a part of the body. So when, so when people in our body sin, like we are impacted and affected by that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And because like, I don't want to be impacted by someone else's sin. So I'm going to probably take that personally. And, I, and just as I would expect, they would take it personally. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um. So just try, I think trying to communicate that and, yeah. um, being being direct about it as you said um i think that i think that really matters i i i something i wish i knew how to convey better as i said earlier is like i just i love our church body yeah do you and, find yourself having a hard time to like i find myself forgetting like i have to remind myself to say every now and then i love you all uh, mm -hmm. i i tell i try to tell them i'm grateful to them 
I try to tell them frequently, and I mean this, like the, for me to work out my salvation from fear and trembling required that God put an entire church together. Mm. Like I'm always quick to say like, you guys are way better than I am because God had to put all of you together mm. so that I could be, so I could work out my salvation. I like um, that. And that's like, and it's humbling because you think about that. That's really, I mean, it's the temptation for us as pastors. I think about this oftentimes standing up in front of people. We have this sort of, we can, we can take out the ax, you know, um, and start chopping. Um, but if we don't pick up the ax, nobody gets hurt. That's there's a saying, Father Hopko, Father Thomas Hopko used to say that. Like if we leave the ax where it is, nobody gets hurt. We don't have to pick it up. But like standing in front of a group of people and in the pastoral position, it sort of elevates you. And so you, I think our job is always to help us to sort of re- bring ourselves back down where we need to be. You know, yeah, not you know, they need us to be pastors. They need us to be what we are, what we're made to be. But we also like that's that constant reflection of, you know, I don't know, being real with ourselves about ourselves, I guess, is yeah, is super <clears throat> yeah, I, I do. I think for and this is this is probably like anything in the church. I, I would imagine that for the people that I'm in relationship with, maybe the people I serve with, the people I'm in small group with. My those whatever that that more inner circle of uh, whatever that quantity of people look like i i don't think that they have any trouble knowing that i love them and i care for them yep but there's that there's a there's a completely different group of people with whom i'm I'm not in relationship with for for whatever reason that that's that that's a real challenge and one of the one of the pastors that I listened to was with a ministry called nine marks ministry. Um, it's a Baptist thing. And his name is Mark Dever Dever. And he says, well, um, I he, like, I like the phrase. He says, I hug hard so I can, so I can punch hard. <laughs> and I, like knowing that, knowing that my, whatever John is going to say, yeah. Hey, look, fireworks. Look that, look oh that. man, that's even <laughs> worse. Um, I need to figure that out. That's so um, awesome. Whatever John is going to say, he's saying because he because he loves me and he cares about me, and I need to yeah. I need to know and feel and I need to experience that love, yeah, and figure out what that dynamic looks like. And I need to figure out as a pastor, who, like, this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably something I know I need to I need to learn and grow in. Yeah. Um. And maybe it's just commun- Maybe it's just saying it. Yeah, um, I think so. People have to. I think. I wonder. I wonder if people. It's so easy to say "I love you" today. It's in mm-hmm. one sense, um, and I think it should just be said because the love, love is always an action with feelings that can follow, but it always starts as an as an action. You know, mm-hmm. so Christ is always like he's always feeding people, healing people, uh, casting out demons bringing them back from the dead. He's acting, you know, in love. He's showing love through actions. Um, but, you know, it's funny because you bring up one of the things you brought up, I think is, is one of the big challenges for pastors, especially is like we have, and I had a priest who kind of helped me with this a little bit too. We have those we know well, like in our own parish, we have like the founders and stuff like that. And they're still around. Most of them, some have moved on. Um, people I've known for in our parish for almost, almost uh, going on 12 years. Um then we have newer folks. <clears throat> we have people that I interact with 
like with the the newest of our group, I I tend to help out the the inquirers that come to the church. So I'm more direct with them. And then other people get you know they get they get frustrated. They're like, well, Father, you know, Father James is spending a lot of time with these people, mm. or or you know, I've had people you know say things to me like, you well, you have mm. your favorites. And I had had a very solid priest once say, well, so did so did Jesus. I mean, Peter, James, yeah. and John. No one else went up the Mount Transfiguration. You had the you had the three of them, you had the 12, the, the group of 12, and then you had the 70 apostles, which we read about in the scripture, which is the broader group. And then even beyond that was more people. And everyone was loved by Christ, but certain people had clearly, um, during Christ's you know, earthly ministry, had a, a different intersection with him. Um, you know, I, it's funny, I was thinking about this recently, and maybe, I don't know, maybe this is more on this topic. When I became Orthodox, the priest in Tekoa, Father Jacob Culp, who is my priest, I call him my priest. He's my spiritual father. Um, I I didn't spend a lot of time with him. I mean, we go to church together. I'd serve in the altar with him. We would talk. I'd sit in his classes. He probably had Katie and I over for dinner and the kids maybe twice in five years. I mean, it wasn't like some, and there's just a small group of us, maybe 40 of us in that church. Um uh, there are people who will really want, I think, a lot of our time, and I think mm-hmm. will. I think the devil is really good at trying to make us feel guilty about not, maybe I'm just talking for my own sake, I don't know, but we'll try to make us feel guilty about all the ways we're failing everybody, but to realize, mm-hmm. like, we're, we are limited as pastors, like, you know, yeah. what I wake up with is thinking, you know, does so-and-so, were they offended? Did I say something that I shouldn't have said, or did it come across the wrong way, or is this person who told me, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're giving too much time to these people and not enough over here and who I know is not correct about that, but are they still feeling this? You know, how can I help them overcome this feeling? Or, you know, if they need to feel more love and attention, how can, you know, how do I do that? Or how do I correct, you know, those are the sorts of things where it's like, I mean, I don't know. I just wonder sometimes, like, it's probably good to be on top of that, but knowing our limitations. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important. It's funny that you talked about the 70, I want to be careful. We talked about the 72, the 12, the three and the one, because that that's actually something that we discuss quite a bit here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like staff meetings um, with our team leaders. And that that's one of those things that, that I can truthfully say, I'm not sure that we've ever really communicated from the front. So I, I think that's a, like, I think that would be a good, like that really resonates with me. Yeah. And and trying to help people understand that, yeah, Jesus, it's not necessarily favorites, but he had three yeah. and then he had yeah. one. And yeah, and that, I think that's, that's a really, that's really helpful. And I also think that for people who don't, for people who don't hear like all of the context of this kind of conversation, man, that is, that is right. This is right for miscommunication. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> of like, yeah, of saying serious. sorry, <laughs> you're you're not my you're not in my yeah. twelve. You're in my seventy two, yeah. um, and I, yeah, that and and I think this that feeds into the whole this whole conversation of like what what keeps us awake at night. How do we navigate those? Um, my my people pleasing tendency is. It is still there. Oh yeah. Um, in fact, I, I had a, like it came out last month 
in a pretty in a pretty big way um, with someone, and like that is those are yeah those, those are just I think real challenges um, for us of navigating those relationships. Um, that's that's one thing about myself. I wish if I could change one thing but be that tendency to be a people pleaser because mm-hmm. it's the worst it's the worst thing for our people it's like they, it is but then again too there's a strength in it there's empathy in it there's if yeah. we just if we could just find a way to whittle i mean I, this is what li- life is all about like whittling the, away the parts of that that don't function mm-hmm. and then leave the part that works i mean i guess that's the whole thing really when it comes yeah. down to it. oh it's hard something people else what's that Instead of people only knew. Yeah. Something else you said that I I wanted to follow up on. Um, you talked about people drinking from a fire hose. Mm. Yeah. How? I definitely feel that. I definitely feel yeah. that tension. Um, how do how do you help? Like, why is that a source of being awake at three o'clock in the morning for you? I think because on one hand it's not um and i'm sure you feel the same way on some level we all we can do is give people the gospel or really all we can do is give them what we have you know it's funny i've got two or three guys at church who are just brilliant way smarter than i am i'm fine with that i'm totally happy with that i'd love to see them move forward, maybe go to seminary, you know, or, or if not, you know, put them in charge of teaching. They could teach me mm-hmm. quite a bit. I have no issues with that. Um, but it's more like, you know, there are, I think probably for me, at least maybe a lot of it's rooted in just an unhealthy worry that somehow um, I'm going to communicate something so incorrectly that they're going to you know there's danger of heresy mm-hmm. that's just out there yeah. that i'm going to communicate something that's so incorrectly that it's either going to turn them off the faith they're going to get confused about something they'll run but then again i mean again for us all we can do is give them what we have and then we have to trust that somehow they're going to as i've told i've told my people more recently they've got to cultivate this mm. light of christ you know this flame that they've been given they've got to cultivate that in their lives by doing you know x y and z which for us would be, you know, obviously praying, um, participating in the life of the church, in our case, the sacraments, particularly um, dealing with their junk, uh, going to confession regularly for mm. us, you know, because it's just offloading the sins, getting rid of that stuff, um, and and really just cultivating that overall arching, you know, the relationship between that person and God, so that they don't go to the priest, at least in our case, and say, Father James tell me what to do i'm like i don't want to tell you what to do you this you don't need me to tell you what to do here's my advice but what you need to do is cultivate this thing and then when you have trouble come to the priest come to a a trusted spiritual advisor at church you know and then have them help you refine it but i mean it i think that's probably what keeps me um Again, maybe it's more. I just wonder. Sometimes it's just selfish. I think I worry. I worry more about me doing something mm-hmm. wrong, in which I I want to be more concerned over time. That like my concern shifts from me from me to them more. Like I think yeah. I'm just selfish that way. I just I don't know. I but the concern is tied into them too. Am I? Am, are they mm-hmm. hearing? Are they receiving? Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
but some of that it just we have to give to god i mean yeah. a lot of it yeah one of the <clears throat> there's a guy um there's an older guy here at westway that i just i love like probably once a month he says hey i have a question for you but i know if i ask it you're just gonna you're just gonna give me a book to read <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you you've got me pegged. That's actually exactly what happens. People ask me a question. I'm often like, hey, read yeah. this text. Look look in this scripture. Like, yeah. how how does this how does that work? And I I think that that fire hose piece for me is the thing that can <clears throat> the the probably the part that that keeps me awake from that standpoint is have have we provided. Like, have we provided maybe the resources that we need to provide? Yeah. Yep. In a way that in a way that they can understand. Yeah. And I think this goes back to the trust thing and the like. We can't be be all things to everyone. Yep. All we can do is is provide those resources. Um, yeah. I know at some point I do want to talk about. I do want to talk about preaching, with you. Um, but like we, um, you know, we communicate what we're going to be preaching and teaching on in uh, uh, at least at least several days in advance, at least a week and or four or five days in advance, probably not a week, depending on what what we're what we're talking about. And like, <clears throat> you know, I want people, I want people to engage in that content. I want them to read that. I want them to <clears throat> have spent some time thinking through it and meditating on it and. Um, Come, I get maybe come having done some work. Yeah. And because yeah. <clears throat> I think that makes, I think that, and I don't mean this in a selfish way. I'm, I'm maybe I'm wrestling. Maybe I do. Maybe, maybe that's my problem. But like, I would like for them to have, it, I, feel, I feel like it would make my, make my work a little easier, my job a little easier. If, oh, I have, I have read this text this week. Yeah. I have spent some time in it. I yeah. have studied it. And so it's not it's not so overwhelming. And so one of the things I one of the things I I think about a lot is, um, you know, if I don't eat if I don't eat a meal, or if I if I skip a few meals, and this happened the other night, um, we we whatever meal we had, like it just wasn't appropriately paced during the day. So I found myself kind of at the end of the day and I was just like, snack, 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 yeah. snack, snack. And, and I just, I felt like, I felt like garbage. And then there are also times where if I don't eat, if I don't eat a lot, like I'll, I'll have one really big meal and I'll feel like garbage. Yeah. And I feel like there's a spiritual metaphor in that of if I'm not, if I'm not eating a meal throughout the week and I come in, I come into St. James. Mm-hmm. Or I come into Westway on a Sunday morning, yep. like, and I'm going to gorge this huge stinking buffet. Yeah. And then I'm going to feel like garbage afterwards. Like I'm going to be, conf- I'm going to maybe be confused. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like, I mean, that's kind of my own fault, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, at I, some level. I think too, I think the point of that too, I think one of the points too, it ties back into the, does Jesus have favorites thing is that the thing that I think our people have to gauge engage with is the reality that, you know, if we really want the things they claim, like, I don't know about you, but if I get complaints from people, like I'm always amazed when people hear the sermon 
particularly the homily, and they come back and say, "This was I really appreciated this." And oftentimes, I'm like, "Really? I don't I don't remember even saying that, but maybe the Lord made you hear that." Great, right? But I think you know, like you say, sometimes people <clears throat> come in, they'll feel just garbagey because they're like, "Oh, this." Maybe they're being convicted by what's being said, but they might have found had they been reading, like in our case, so every day has its epistle yeah. and gospel reading. Okay, you yep. know that. Yep, yep. So maybe if they were reading this, then they would have sort of a the groundwork laid to come on Sunday, um, or if they had come to the other services where Father James or John is talking about these specific things leading up to this, then the the heavy medicine that we're forced to get mm. on Sunday, because it's mm. the only day that they're all there, mm. they could have taken that better. And so, yeah, I think on some level, um, we, you know, we as parishioners or church members or whatever, we got we got work to do, and we're we're kind of the ones who are we're at fault when it's just too much, and the medicine's too strong sometimes. And we we just so when that's I think that's probably if people come and they have that issue, like for one thing, like let's just talk about favorites. Sometimes people will say, "Well, you don't treat me this way, you know, you treat so and so this way," and usually it's because so and so is always there. They mm -hmm. always come to services. They always offer to help. They're always engaged, and so it's much easier. For that person um, to have time, for me to have time for them, mm -hmm. for us to have by nature more engagement than when the person who comes once a week and then gripes, you know, and it's this, is, well, this is I just want to jump in here. This is another yeah. one of those really dangerous like, yeah, <clears throat> it's a balance. It's a really balance dangerous. Balance. I think for some like this is a dangerous conversation yeah. and, I, oh, totally. and I'm not like I'm a I'm in 100 percent agreement with you. <laughs> but it's <laughs> scary because. Because if we're, if we're, you know, if we are, if we're with the people, yeah, then we can, you know, as fathers to our people, like, so mm -hmm. naturally my title is father, because the idea is it's supposed to imply to me to give from myself to my, to my people. Um, and maybe it's a lot of, maybe, maybe I have a, hard, a much easier time being less of a people <clears throat> than I think, but, um, but to be able to say to a person, here's the diagnosis, you know, participate more in your own life, mm -hmm. you know prepare yourself more do you really really want this i mean are you just upset about hearing the sermon i always want to say good you were listening you know that's that's good yeah. then then ask the lord what it is that you need to change to deal with that i mean there's always a positive to this and I, when i say griping i mean it i mean like that's what it is like if people come in and they want to gripe about these things um fine if that helps but realize that maybe for every for all of us you know these um these struggles there's there's a cure and usually the cure is like it's hard it's hard work you know it's like it's doing yeah. a little bit more yeah i hate that but like because because we i know how much i talk about like we do not have a work salvation like i know it's probably not every sermon i'll bet it's every other one like there are some there's some there's some dig in there about yeah like this is this is Christ's work on the cross. Right. Um, and yet, hey, you know what would really help if you'd read your Bible? <laughs> you know what would really help if you'd, you know, if you'd be in relationship with other Christians, if you yeah. would pray, if you would serve, if you would do these things. And I, and I think that can be, I think that can be, a, it can sound like a really competing message. Well, you know, even for the Orthodox, we would say there's no there's no work salvation, but you got to do works. I mean, St. James' epistle is like packed with it. Faith without right. works is dead. I mean, you, yeah. 
it's it's we you know i mean and this is we're not disembodied spirits we're embodied mm. souls and bodies entwined not like a shell but inextricably put together only extric you know extricating when we die it's a it's a tearing mm. apart of those things it's wrong death is wrong so while we live if we're christians then our faith will be marked by works because without it it's just not going to happen so you, how can you expect like i mean I, and we we see this and this is what wakes us up at night when we can see in parishioners like i really i note i note this if people have sort of have, have been away from church like if they stop coming to services for a time or they really become really sporadic and i have interactions with them it's really it's really clear to me how bad that is for them because i see i see it in their faces like there's mm. a more vulgar look to their expression to use a c.s lewis um phrase their language um their um demeanor with people I, i've seen shocking things when i've seen someone who's been away from church for a while things i'm like how i can't believe you just did that in front of me i'm i'm a priest and a cassock and you just said something remarkably terrible um who wouldn't have done that before like when they were really engaged in church it yeah. it, 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 it it geared them differently their faith was marked by by works of, of of righteousness, which is the idea. These things are these are they can't be taken apart. Um, yeah, and it's yeah at that, and that's where that's where you're just like, man, what am I doing wrong as a as a priest? You know, what am yeah. I doing wrong here? Well, I, I think <clears throat> I think two things that I one of the things that I would like for our bot. I'll speak for you. One of the things I would like for both of our bodies to hear is. <clears throat> A, we we I like we both. It sounds like we both acknowledge that griping and complaining isn't the way to do it. Yeah. So we need to be we need to be repentant of that. We need to acknowledge that. We need to trust in God in that. And like I said at the beginning of all of this, like that helped me go to sleep last night. Yeah. Was coming to that conclusion, and I know that that's like that's really something I need to I personally need to work on. So yeah. I'm 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 glad we had this conversation. But I think this the second thing, and maybe. Maybe this is a relief valve for for both of us in this, in in really working through this. Is our task is faithfulness. Yep. We we've been reading through first first Corinthians, and one of the things that Paul says in um, it's in first it's in first Corinthians four, um, and it's in the midst of that whole dialogue about the some people liked Paul, some people liked Apollos. They were yep. doing that whole thing. And and Paul says, um, so look at Apollos and me as mere servants of Christ who've been put in charge of explaining God's mysteries. Now, a person who's put in charge as a manager must be faithful. So that's the value. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that 2.43 a.m. wake-up call or whatever time it is for you, maybe the relief valve is maybe I need to spend some time evaluating. Have I have I been faithful? Yep. And if I have, and then earlier Paul says, doesn't matter who does the planting, who does the watering. Um, it's God that makes the seed grow. Like that just means it's not my responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think yeah. pastorally, it like I, I want to continue to learn how to get to that point of as much as I'm responsible to be faithful, ultimately the, the, the success or the failure or the discipleship or the lack of discipleship 
um, doesn't ultimately result, doesn't ultimately terminate on what I say or do. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm faithful. Yeah. I mean, I think that the task for us too, in that sense is that we are, we would, as Orthodox, we would say, you know, we are working out our salvation. We, we were saved. We are being saved. We will be saved. It's this continual pattern. And I think if we, it goes back to what I said before, if I have it in my mind that God has specifically brought these people together, um, you know, and I say it half humorously for the sake of me working out my salvation. Mm. I mean, there's no doubt about that. That's what, there's no coincidences in this, you know, people can, that's what they're there. I mean, we're there to, we're there to be work out our salvation as, as pastors in that paradigm. Um, in the, and I jokingly say, but I'm half serious that maybe we're just that bad. It takes that much effort mm. on God's part to mm. do that bad in the sense of like, you know, maybe we just got a lot more work to do. And yet at the same time, there's a gift for us to lead, you know, so there's that part of that whole thing. Mm. But, um, but if we're doing that, I, I think if we're, we're approaching it from that angle, then love really can reign. Like we can see not just the, people aren't, aren't utilitarian. I need, you know, so-and-so in the church so I can be saved. But rather, like, this person is, like you said, tied up in my salvation. No sin is so small that it doesn't somehow send ripples out into the universe and affect everyone everywhere. Mm. That's the point, you know? Um, so if we're, if we're, I just, I know that when I, I know that when I'm living a more holy life, when I'm more focused on my, on my prayer life, I had, a, I had a father confessor at one time who told me, he said, just get your prayer life in order and everything will work from there. Like really learning to talk to God, really learning to admit my own sins so that when I go to confession with another priest, like I can be honest about the stuff that I need to unload, um, which is super, super important. Then my people can benefit from me and I'm much less likely just to grind mm. access. I'm much more likely to um, at least give them what they what they need, whether they take it or not. And if they don't take it at the end of the day, you know, I just I, I make the sign of the cross over them, say, God bless you take care of yourself, come back when you're ready, you know, and, and I, I won't like it. It's not what I'm happy about, but I can send them off and, and, and let them do what they're going to choose to do and trust that somehow God will mm -hmm. work in their life. It's not fun. I mean, you can see why St. Paul would be losing sleep over his people. Like he's, he sees the danger, you know, right. he sees the danger that other people don't often see. So, and that's where we are, I think. that make sense? Yes. Good. I wonder sometimes. No, no. I, I was, I was thinking of the text. I'm going to really paraphrase the crud out of this. <laughs> it's like, it's like, do, you know, do, be obedient to your leaders because yeah. it would not, it, it's not to your benefit to not. Yeah. Yeah. Like the yeah. last thing I need, like just with my own, just my temperament. I mean, you've you've known me for a really long time. Um, I mean, just my temperament. The last thing I need is someone like I'm enough of a cup half empty person, just on my own, rather than like having to wake up at two forty three a.m. because of something that somebody wrote or yeah. something that people said or, and like just I think, I think what. Like I want what I want my body to hear, like if anyone watches or listens to this, like I love you, 
Yeah. I need to work on gr- grumbling and personal complaining and acknowledge that as sinful. Um, and like my task is like, my task is to be faithful to scripture. Yeah. So, so, the, and I think those, those two things can coexist mm-hmm. Yep. of, I do love you and I do care deeply about you. And like, I'm good elsewhere. talks about being held account, held to an account, to a higher standard. And <clears throat> the things that we say and do as pastors come out of that love and come out of that. I, I really just like the way you said it's personal. It, I think if we, if we can, if we can admit that to ourselves and help people to understand that in the good sense of that, you know, like it's personal, it means we have a personal relationship, you mm. know, whether it's like super intimate or just more like, I mean, I don't know. I look at, I, I've got some people at church who are always there. There's still a little bit of a barrier, obviously, as a priest, it's like you can't you can't unload everything. But I try to go I try to go as far as I can realistically as a pastor to help this person know me. Mm. But um you want them to see, and I think I think my people do. I think it's probably something I've tried to really communicate with them that I that they're this is this is their, you know, in our church, this is their church and it's not it's not just my place, you know, but I am like I'm this is what I do all the time. So what I want to do is help bring you into this as much as you've got time and energy for that. But also too, while we're doing this, you know, we're all in this boat rowing together. Let's let's row hard. You're gonna hear you're gonna hear me say, you know, move faster, you know, or <clears throat> slower or turn this way. Um but I think if people can see us, I mean, I you know, your parishioners, my parishioners, whomever, can see pastors like talking like this to say like the our we live to help and serve like, like mm-hmm. what we're trying to, that's our whole vocation. Um, then hopefully that'll be something that helps them see. Well, first of all, Christ's love, you know, for us, through us, you know, but then helps them to sort of bring that back up in the church, bring it up their own families and live that way. You... I, it's transformation. It's, it's not our job. Like you said, it's, it's, yeah. it's Christ's job. So to wrap this up, do you, do you ever catch, do you ever catch grief flack for being transparent? Like, do you ever have like, you know, Hey, the, the, the pastor or the leader that I need is someone who doesn't have any faults. Yeah, actually. <clears throat> so when you're, so when you're yeah. transparent, do you hear like, what do you hear when, when you're, when you're trans appropriately transparent, when you are appropriately transparent, what do you hear? Do you hear both sides? Yeah, yeah, and mostly people, you know, when I try to be honest with them, like what'll happen, what always happens, you notice this, like the ones who are praising you the most are the ones you most have to be worried about the knife going in your back. <laughs> and it's not because it's not a matter of distrust; it's because in some cases they don't know you well enough yet, and they and you want them. Like I try to go right straight to the root of and, and say, "Look, you know, I, I'll do my best, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess up." Mm-hmm. So I, I've had, I've had moments where. And thank God I've seen us come through some of these moments where I thought this is hopeless. Um, I've had some people though that really, and it's, and honestly, truthfully, I can honestly say like, I could go to them and say, here's where I have failed in this relationship, in this situation. And here are my, and I, I, I openly admit and repent of my weaknesses here. And the funny thing is sometimes initially, at least those people seem to get really angry because they don't want the priest to be mm-hmm. a sinner. You know, yeah. I, they don't like to hear that. Um, and, and they want you, they want you to not make mistakes. They want you to be a great administrator, to be the perfect teacher, to have the great personality, to wear, you know, 
whatever, have the great haircut, whatever it is. I don't know what. And you have to disappoint them so that they can get real, you know, like, so mm-hmm. I've, I've watched this a few times now. We've had some very few people just outright leave our church in part where I've had to say to them, like I said earlier, maybe I'm not the priest for you. I, you know, I don't think I can help you if this is how our relationship's going to be, go find another priest, you know, find somebody else. Um, and sometimes it's been good. And I've actually watched people leave and then, then come back and say, you know, I'm sorry about that. I, I, I didn't, you know, I appreciate, you know, they'll say that I appreciated your, your candor, you know, we made a mistake, but maybe we both were making the mistake. Maybe mm. we both, maybe that that's why I always want to say, like, admit my, I have to admit my own faults. So I keep a list in the, you can't see it, but it's in the back corner my icon corner of people I'm praying for. You're on the list too, just so you know. Um, <laughs> but I've got, I just keep handwriting names in and I've got a few names of people who've left and I've chosen them and it's painful like sometimes yeah. I'm angry about it. You know, they left in a bad situation. So I pray for them specifically so that I can be healed. And yeah. I've watched those people come back. And that's like, that <laughs> is the coolest. That's like the, because it had nothing to do with me. They left, they were gone. They weren't anywhere with me. I had no influence on them. And all of a sudden they show back up at church. And I, we recently we've had a family we restored and it's just, oh, what a delight. I mean, mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, I was right. Because I wasn't, I was wrong. I made a mistake. Yeah. But they came back and they did the hard work. That's the coolest. That's yeah. the coolest. And maybe they needed that. Maybe they needed a break from me. I can't blame yeah. them for that. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's one of the things. Um, you know, I'm I'm grateful that we have multiple pastors on staff. Mm. So we uh, give I, me that. Well, we so we kind of have a rhythm of how many weeks. Um, kind of a kind of a rhythm of how many weeks per year I'm going to teach, so we can, yeah. and and we just rotate through that. And I just like, I think that's so good for our body because yes. like, I know as sick as they are of hearing my own, of my voice, like I'm yes. sick of hearing my voice, I know, I know. <laughs> you know? So it's, um, it's really nice to be able to hand off some of those things. Well, I, this has been for me, like, this has really been a helpful conversation. Um, I hope for people who are, who are watching or listening to this, um, this, that this conversation is a little bit on our, what we've normally talked about of, um, of some of those details um, not that this isn't theology because like everything, I think everything's theology. Um, but trying to, trying to help maybe hear like our individual hearts on this. Um, because we are like, we are in the same body. Like we are, we are, we are included in that. And I like the way you talked about, like we're included where, but we, we are, we are serving, but we are leading. Everyone has different roles. So my hope out of this podcast is that people would people would hear hearts and when we wake up at 2.43 a.m. and they hear us say that, it's not like like I'm not laying in bed grinding my teeth. No. Um I'm like praying and considering and feeling that burden that that Paul is. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that's something that they would be encouraged by. In the midst so. Of that. so this is two pastors talk and we'll be back next time with episode five another riveting topic um thanks for watching thanks for listening um we would love for you to like subscribe share if this is something that you feel is beneficial um thanks and we'll see you again soon